Are you ready? <laughs> Today we're starting out a new focal point. This whole year, um, the series focal point for the year is, is tell me the secrets. And we're looking at God's word about different things that, that we find that we should be doing. And today we're starting a new focal point in our secret series. The whole month, I will be talking about the secrets of generosity. As we go through November, I'm going to challenge you to be more generous with your money, more generous with your time, more generous with your service to the Lord. I'm going to be sharing God's word with you, and my prayer is that His word will also challenge you to be more generous in all aspects of your life, personal, professional, and spiritual. Now, I have to warn you, when I get passionate about something, sometimes my passion overrides my common sense. So if I say something that may be offensive to you, I will apologize. But as we look at God's word, if it strikes a nerve with you, amen. Your job is to react to that in a positive way that will honor him. So I just want to kind of say that beforehand. And the reason I say that is because a lot of ministers don't like preaching about things like generosity and money. They say it makes people uncomfortable. Are you uncomfortable yet? <laughs> Go ahead and reach into the purse or the pocketbook or the, or the person's pants next to you and just get their wallet out. Are you, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. You could get in a lot of trouble. It does. Money, talking about money in church makes people uncomfortable. But you know, the, the two things Jesus talked about the most in his earthly ministry was money and love. And then he followed it up with examples of service to other people. And so that's why this month I want to challenge you to be generous with your money. I want to challenge you to be generous with your love. And when you're generous with your love, you're going to be generous with your time. And when you're generous with your time and your love and your money, you're going to be generous with your service to others. You're going to put other people before you and you're going to see just like Jesus's hands helped others, so can yours. And that's why we've got that up there. I want you to think about that every time we do so much with our hands. As you go to pay something, as you go to leave a tip today at the restaurant, as you go to, to meet someone, use your hands this month. Hands of generosity. Help others. Use your hands to do something for someone other than yourself. Today we're going to look at the parable of the talents. And it's in Matthew chapter 25. You can go ahead and turn there. And, and once again, I want to take a quick moment to, to reintroduce Alan Juan. He is from Good News Productions International. And he is going to share some things. And we're going to do this mashup. And I just have been praying that it's going to be awesome. So I'm going to pray and we're going to continue. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity that... Alan and I have to come together and, and share your word um, to, to hopefully through, through illustrations and, and through your word to inspire and encourage your people to be generous with their time, to be generous with their money, to be generous with the way they love and serve others. I pray that what we do here this morning, it, it's an unusual thing, but Lord, I pray that it, it honors you and I pray that we'll leave here differently than we've come. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Matthew 24, or excuse me, Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. That's where we're going to read. And I'm going to read those to you right now, starting with verse 14. The Bible says, For it is just like a man about to go on a journey, who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. Each of them excuse me, each according to his own ability, and he went on his journey. Verse 16 says, Immediately the one who had received five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received two talents 
gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22, Also the one who had received two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. In verse 24, And the one also who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. But his master answered him and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave. You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has more, who has, more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does, what he does have shall be taken away. Throw out the worthless slave into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you may think, that's a hard story to start out with on generosity. But this morning, Alan and I are going to share with you five principles from the parable of the talents. I call them the treasure principles. All right? Not because I think you should dig a hole and bury them, but because I think treasure is something that should be celebrated, should be shared. And so these are the treasure principles. And, and I think they can teach us about work and success and generosity while we are waiting for our master to return. Our first principle is this. Success is a product of our work. Success is a product of our work. Now, listen carefully to what I say. In the book of Genesis, we see that God placed Adam in the garden. And he placed Adam in the garden to work it. He placed him in the garden to take care of it. We were made to work. As Christians, we have a mission that our master, our Lord, expects us to accomplish in the here and now. The talent that he has given us is that we should go into all the world preaching and teaching and baptizing. Some of us may bury that talent. Some of us are going to go out and do that and, and bring more people into an understanding of who Jesus is. But sometimes, as Christians today, we see our salvation as just a, a bus ticket to heaven. We believe it doesn't matter what we do while we wait for the bus. We've, we've said the things. We've, we've been baptized. We, woo I'm saved. And then we just kind of hang out. But the parable of the talents teaches us what we're supposed to do while we await the return of the king. We are to work. We're not working so we gain access into heaven that's already happened. We're to work and use our talents to glorify God, to serve the common good and further God's kingdom here on earth. Listen, biblical success happens when we are working diligently right now using all the talents that God has given us to produce the return 
that is expected by the master. We're expected to work. You are expected to tell somebody about Jesus Christ this week. You are expected to do that. When we are about the Lord's work, success both here and in heaven is the outcome. Now, that success is going to look different for everybody, but just know one of the things you are to do is you are to work, and the way you are to work is you are to share the gospel with somebody. When we do that, when we work, and we're not working for salvation, we're working to be a reflection of Christ. Success is a product of our work. Alan's got some examples from Good News Productions about how this treasure principle of success as a product of our work has played out for them. Well, when John called me and shared with me about the sermon and he gave me the five principles, I was very excited because I, I see that's really worked out for the ministry of GMPI. So uh, just one point, the, the, the first point, the success is a product of our work. I want to share, it ties really well with the uh, history of uh, our ministry. Uh, over 40 years ago, uh, a couple, uh, some of you, uh, you guys know them, and Zaida and Helen Nutt, decided to respond to God's calling and went to a country back then called Rhodesia. Right now, uh, the country is Zimbabwe. So they, they decided to go uh, as a missionary. So they started working with the hospitals and start some orphanages and help with a lot of work. But after a while, they decided, you know, we are doing well, but we want to do something more effective. So Zayden decided to show some uh, video films that he brought from the States to show the people there to share about Jesus. But, I mean, it was really well to attract this, uh, the uh, groups because they have never seen the technology, they have never seen a picture, so it attracted a lot of people. But the problem was the language and the culture didn't translate well. So people, don't, people didn't understand about this Jesus. So Zadon just decided, you know, I, I need to stop showing these videos because it didn't reach the goal I, I said. And then one day, a man just asked him, say, hey, why decided to stop showing the videos? We loved it. And Zaiden just told him, he said, you know, I think the, the culture, the language didn't translate well. And the guy just challenged him, said, why not you just create your own? So just with that simple question, Zaiden started to, to ask some people help to produce some um, biblical-based, culturally relevant materials that in that country. So that's how this ministry was born. That was in Zimbabwe. That was over 40 years ago. So over 40 years, I want to show you guys a video to see how this ministry has been grown, how God has blessed his work 40 years ago. Would you mind to show the video, please? Bible <laughs> 
сбегается вся деревня и смотрит, как два папы ходят. so much. We have nine regional centers in countries like Ukraine, the, the Philippines, uh, Mexico. Uh, we also uh, deployed about 600 solar kits to about 50 nations. So I think got really blessed the work that Zayden and Helen started. And that's how they, I mean, that's just, when they, they decided to do something for God, to share the gospel, God really blessed them. Thank you, Ellen. So that first principle, we see it played out even with Good News Productions and, and the success that they've had because they were faithful to what God called them to do. The second principle is that in the parable of the talents, it teaches us that God always gives us everything we need to do what He has called us to do. God always gives us everything we need. Have you ever wondered what a talent is worth in, in today's dollars? It's hard to know for sure an exact value, but a New Testament talent indicates a rather large sum of money, maybe even as much as a million dollars in today's currency. And, and so some people, we feel sorry for the guy who only got one talent, but don't feel too sorry for him. He got like a million dollars, right? And, and so we're tempted to feel bad for him and think, well, the poor guy. But the reality is he received as much as a million dollars from the master and he buried it in his backyard, we undersell the importance of a talent because we, we don't think of it in, in monetary fashion today. We think of it in what we may be personally or physically good at. Don't bury your talent to play the guitar. No, don't bury your talent that you have been called to go spread the gospel. Okay? And so he's been given this, this money. He buried it in the backyard. He was given more than enough to meet the master's expectation. You have been given more than enough to meet the master's expectation in your life. The servants, all of them, just as he expected them to do more than to just passively preserve what was entrusted to them, God expects us to generate a return by using our talents towards spiritual productive ends. We all talk. We don't always say the best things, but we all talk. The servants were given enough to produce more, and it's the same thing with the gifts that God has given us, both physical gifts and spiritual gifts. 
The Apostle Paul wrote this in Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Listen, God always gives us everything we need. The problem is we don't always use what He gives us. And and maybe it's because of the distractions in life. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but more times than not, as Christians, we end up like the servant with one talent. It gets buried. Whatever God has called you to do, He has given you or He will give you everything you need to accomplish that. Alan is going to share another example of God providing and giving what is needed for work to be done. So the ministry of GMPI moved back to the States in 1976. Uh, the reason was because Zaida and Alan's daughter, Linda, had some special needs. They had to come back. So uh, I believe they went to a hospital in St. Louis. So they, did, they decided to um, base in Joplin, Missouri. So they, I mean, at the beginning, they thought it's really a setback for the ministry. We're doing really well in Zimbabwe, and now we have to move back. But just because they moved us back to Joplin, that gave them the access to the different uh, Bible colleges, different churches in the States are passionate about this mission. So they, I mean, they just started the, the office in, in, at jo- in Joplin, and we're, currently we're still using that building. So over 40 years uh, ago they started a mission and then um, um, I think as a as a ministry they highly uh, depend on the technology that God really blessed us by the technology with the technology development so we, I, I remember I heard the stories uh, when we when the missionaries want to show a, me, a, a film in Africa they have to have a really big generator, and then they have a, have a big screen. But now, everything is in a solar kit you can carry. It's less than 13 pounds. So, and I have heard uh, a Project Nomad, we used to send people a computer. We, we used to send them two cameras. The cost will be like uh, $2,500 to send them those equipments. But now, with the Project Nomad, we can all just send an iPad mini, purchase some apps on there, and then purchase a, shot, a shotgun microphone, some lenses. Basically, we just hand them to, uh, with a media production kit with a $1,000 cost. So, I mean, you can see how God blessed this ministry with different technologies. Yeah. And you think that had their daughter not needed special medical help, They would have stayed in Zimbabwe and you may not even be here today. That's true. And so God gives you what you need to succeed in what he's called you to do. The third principle of this parable, and this one will offend some people. I'm not going to lie. But in case you don't know this, we are not all created equal. It's true. We are not. Most of you are not nearly as good looking as Alan and I. And that's okay. (laughs) Because we're not all created equal. Right? I mean, hey. Amen. Amen. Yeah. One, I think one of the most overlooked parts of this parable is, is the second half of verse 15. The master gives to each servant talents, each according to his ability. We are not all created equal. As much as I want to, I am not called to sing and lead you in worship and in song. Hey, 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 hey. Easy. <laughs> I'm right here. 
we are each called according to our ability. The master understood that. Listen, the one talent servant was not capable of handling five million dollars. Not properly. He wasn't capable. He wasn't as capable of the five-talent servant or the, the two-talent servant. And, and like I said, we feel sorry for him. We go, oh, this is unfair. We want to protest. But we know it's true from our own, our own experiences. Look at the people you work with, the people you live with, the people you go to school with. We are not created equally. Diversity is woven into the fabric of creation. It's what makes us amazing. That we're not all equal. That we aren't all exactly alike. But even though we're not created equal in regard to the talents we're given, there is equality found in the parable of the talents. It comes from this fact. It takes just as much work for the five-talent servant to produce five more as it does the two-talent servant to produce two more talents. This is why the reward given by the master is the same. He doubled their gifts. The master measures success by degrees of effort. You hear that? God, God measures our success by our degree of effort. Are you just sitting there waiting for your bus ticket? Are you just holding your bus ticket waiting for heaven? What effort are you putting into what He's entrusted you with? We have been given the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel message that He came, He lived, He died for our sins, He was raised three days later. We've been given that gift and it's on us to share it, not to just simply wait to go to heaven. Because we're not created equal. And and this reward is given. And even though we aren't created equal, we are equally expected to serve the one true God and to be a reflection of Him. Alan is going to share another thought about the reality of this principle. We are not all created equal, but we all are all created to work and serve for God. So because we believe we're not all created equal, and we, we noticed, GMPI noticed, that um, our one of the, our core values is that we want to be culturally relevant. You know we are created in different cultures, we speak different languages, and we have different sense of humors. Uh, and let me give you some examples from my own culture. Uh, if I haven't seen a friend for years, and we, one day we met each other on the street, you say, hey, Alan, you look great. I think you gained some weight. <laughs> so that's, I mean, in, in my culture, that's a way to accomplish, uh, compliment other people. I mean, it's, oh, you have been living well. You have a good life. Uh, you have been eating well. So here, if you try that, that's not okay, no. right? <laughs> so, um, like, let me give you another example. Um, so in the States, if you attend a wedding, and you see the bride will wear what color? White. White. But in China, if you attend a, a, a funeral, that people, you see family, in, 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 uh, uh, very close families, will wear white. Mm. So just different. You know, in, in China, weddings, that bride will wear red. So we all created, I mean, we, we want to be equal, but we are created not, we are not created equal. And I think I, I also prepared a video I want to show you guys. It's a really short. It's a, uh, about an hour, uh, not an hour, a minute and 30 seconds. <laughs> we got plenty of time, Alan. I... Would you show the video, please? In Southeast Asia, there are so many people who have no concept of the one true God. They believe the false religions that have been passed down for generations. 
Our team at GNPI Southeast Asia is on a mission to teach people the truth by producing tools that are culturally relevant, like printed materials and charts, and even the scenes used in this video and others like it. People face the truth and have the choice to either accept or reject what they have heard. We are using this video as a powerful tool, primarily in training Christians on how to share the gospel in an acceptable way among Buddhists. Then, as the second step, we will let them tell other people who are non-believers. If all Christians can tell that story to Buddhists or non-believers, the country will surely change. Be a part of this great endeavor. Please help us by praying that God will be glorified through the tools GNPI has produced, not only in Southeast Asia, but all over the world. Because GNPI believes that we are not created equal, then we highly valued our uh, regional centers. We trust that nationals knows the best. We ask them to produce culturally relevant, biblical-based materials to share the gospel. And um, yeah, that's my example. Great. Thank you. Fourth principle is that we work for the master, not for ourselves. See, sometimes as, as Christians, we forget that, especially when someone is, is mean to us or, or turns their back on us or hurts our feelings. We think, I don't have to put up with that. Do they know who I am? It doesn't matter who you are. It matters who he is. We work for the master. God doesn't work for us. We work for him. He, he asked us to be a reflection of him. And you accepted that. You see... The money that's given to the servants, it's not theirs. The gift of the gospel message that has been given to you, it's not yours to keep. It's not yours to hold on to, to bury, to not share. The gospel message has been given to you so that you will go and share it with others. Not doing that is kind of like having the cure for cancer but just keeping it at your house. You can brag about it. Oh, I got a cure for cancer. Can I have it? No. We have been given something. And it's not ours to keep and hold on to. It's ours to distribute, to share, to encourage others with. The money that they earned with the capital, the, the investment, the, the interest, it's not theirs to keep. They're only stewards of the master's investment. And it's the quality of their stewardship that the master seeks to measure things by. And it's the quality of your stewardship. What are you doing with the gospel message? I love that with the, the five-talent guy and the, and the two-talent guy, what did, what did the master do when, they, when he saw their interest? What did he do? He gave it to them. Here's your gift. Well done. What's he going to do when you come to him, when he returns with your gift? We need to maximize the use of our talents, not for our own selfish purposes, not to elevate ourselves, but to honor God, honor the master. I know that we work in a fallen world 
And we have sin and other things happen that can distract us and can make our work difficult. But we should feel satisfaction and joy from doing our best with what God has given us in the place where He is and where His providence puts us. We should seek to succeed in order to honor Him. Folks, we work for the Master. Whatever you do, do it as for the Lord. And your reward will be far greater than just a few talents. We can't measure what's going to happen when we get into heaven. But it will be great to hear Him say, Well done, good and faithful servant, because we work for the Master. Alan is, is going to share something that ties in with that as well. I think, John, it's a really good reminder uh, to remind all of us that we work for the Master, uh, not for our own selfish purposes. I think uh, the reason why we, all, we always forget about this is we are living in a world, uh, we are living in a culture that always has something to promote self, self-value. Um, let me ask you one, uh, one question. So if you received a picture, a group, of, a, group of picture, a group picture you're a part of, or in our generation, someone tagged you in a group picture on Facebook, who, who would you look first? Uh, who would you look first? Let's be honest. Yeah, there I, I am. There's yeah. me. I will make sure to look if I'm looking good or not yeah. in that picture, right? So if the, it's a, my friend tagged me on Facebook uh, of a picture, I'm not looking good, I'll be really mad. I'll be, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, so we all just, I mean, just we are so care about ourselves, so we forgot. We always forget that we work. We need to work for the master. Um, working with the GMPI, I have been working with GMPI a little bit over uh, 10 months. And so because we have supporting a lot of uh, missionaries, we have a uh, partnership with a lot of missionaries, I got to hear a lot of incredible stories. I have known a lot of people who are working not for themselves. I know, I, I know they're working for the master. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just want to share with you guys a story. Some, peop- some, some people you know. Uh, I got to meet them about three or four months ago. I couldn't remember, but I know you guys know them. Uh, it's Jim and Johnny Bliffin. Mm-hmm. I know you guys know them really well. Uh, so they, I mean, you know, you know where they are now, right? Mm-hmm. They are in uh, Papua New Guinea. So after, uh, after uh, pastoring here, they went to Oklahoma, and they thought, oh, we're going to just retire here, and they just got a new house, actually. And, but shortly after that, they decided to move to Papua New Guinea to be missionaries. And uh, so, and then when I heard about the stories, like John has to, uh, because John, uh, uh, I mean, he went, Jim went to uh, our office to get a solar kit from us. That's when I got to hear he is teaching uh, in the Bible college in Papua New Guinea. And then the, uh, he, for him to get to the Bible college, he had to drive for eight hours and then get on a boat for four hours and then hike for another four hours. So if you think he's working for his own purpose, that's, that's odd. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's the story I want to share with you guys and to encourage you guys to know that, that thank you for supporting them. They are doing a great job. They are doing great work. And they're they know they work for the master. They're not for working for themselves. 
The fifth principle is this. This is the principle that nobody likes. We will be held accountable. Whether you are talking about accountability with our money, with our service, how we live our life, nobody really likes accountability. We have to be careful because this treasure principle is it's not about works and it's not about righteousness. It's about how we use our work to fulfill our earthly callings. It's about whole life stewardship with like a capital S. It's not just about one thing in your life. It's about your whole life. And are you being a good steward of it? The unfaithful steward is this parable. In this parable, he didn't so much waste the master's money as he wasted an opportunity that he had been given. Again, we have been given an opportunity by God to take this talent, this this gospel message, and to go and share it. That may make you uncomfortable a little bit. But we're responsible for what we do with it. One day we'll be held accountable for how we invested this talent. Don't be like the unfaithful steward in this parable. Don't waste an opportunity. You may think, well, all my friends are Christians. That's fine. Find out if the person at the gas station is a Christian. I don't know about you, but I'm a creature of habit. I go to the same gas station if I can. It's clean. They take good care of it. I even tell the people, man, you guys do a great job. I like the fact that I can pump gas and not smell like the gas company when I get back in the car. So I go to the same place. And anytime I see them out there, I talk to them about what they're doing and I appreciate it. They say, you know, it means a lot that somebody notices that we do that. Eventually, I'm going to get to ask one of them, hey, do you work every Sunday or just, I will, once a month. People ask me what I do. I get to tell them I'm the minister at Huntsville Christian Church. I always follow that up with, we're open on Sundays at 9.30. Sunday school, come on in, check it out. Don't waste an opportunity. If, if they don't accept it, that's okay. But if you don't give it, if you don't pass it around, if you don't share it, that's on you. Don't waste the opportunity. We will be held accountable. Alan's got another thing to share with us about accountability and this treasure principle. We all know that if we want to accomplish something together, we need accountability. Um, I want to show you guys a video that... Uh, Last year, we sent this idea to all our regional centers, and this is a video that put all together through all the efforts with our uh, regional centers.
his love toward us. His faithfulness endures forever. Great is the Lord, he's faithful and true. To each other, you won't see the, this video uh, today. And another another reason I want to I like accountability is the reason why I'm here today. Um, I want to be to at GMPI. We want to help accountable to you guys as well, because uh, this church has been supporting us for for many many years. Very faithful supporters, and I, I would believe that we need to to let you guys know the money you sent to us is well used that we are doing the work for the Lord. We are reaching people every day. So uh, I want to say thank you for John giving me the opportunity. I also want to say thank you for you guys for the money you gave towards missions. Are you guys awesome. Thank you. I see what you did there. You brought a mashup to the mashup. Oh. That was awesome. I don't, I don't know how you planned that, I'm but it, it, no, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was very good. Again, the treasure principles... Real quick, success is not a pro- is a product of work. God always gives us everything we need. We're not created equal, and that's okay. We work for the master, not ourselves, and we will be held accountable. I hope you'll think about the treasure principles that Alan and I have shared with you this morning, not just as we sing our response song, but all through this week. What will you hear from the master on the day that he returns? Will you hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Or will you hear, throw him out in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth? Now is the time to respond to God's word. And maybe you've never thought about things this way. You may be a bit overwhelmed trying to figure out what your talent is and, and how to use it and how are you going to take the gospel and share it with somebody else and you're just not real sure. But I want to let you know your elders are here this morning and if you want a prayer and some accountability about how you can invest your talents, they would love to pray with you to begin that conversation with you. But whatever your response is today from what you've heard from God's word this morning, will you stand and will you sing our response song with us and respond accordingly?
to be here with all of you today, to worship with you, to look at God's Word and talk about the secrets of generosity. And before I tell you it's time to go, I want to let you know, too, if you would like to get to know Alan a little bit better, this evening at what time? 5.30. 5.30. Show up at Lorna's house with some food. And they're just going to kind of have an open house opportunity where you can talk to him about GNPI. You can talk to him about anything. He knows all the answers to life. Wisdom <laughs> beyond his years. Okay? So you can ask him anything. But seriously, I don't know. We're not having any of our men's, women's, or children's classes here this evening. And so... If you're just thinking, you know, that Allen guy was really sharp. I want to go talk to him some more. Go see Lorna or Peter. They'll get you their address, let you know how to get to their house. But 530, bring something to share for a time of fellowship with them. Because it is time to go. And as you go today, know that you have all the things you need to be a generous reflection of Jesus Christ. At work, at school, in our community, and around the world. So I want you to take some time this week and decide... How you're going to do just that. Will you sing this last song with us?